I got to a point where I would just get in my truck in the morning and, mate, I, I'd do a lap of Somerset Dam. I'd, I'd drive up the coast. Like, no one knew where I was. I was just driving around. I, my missus would ring. The, my boys on side would ring. And, like, yeah, I'd answer the phone. I'd talk all sweet. But uh, I was lost, mate. I didn't know what to do. I was going downhill. We, we, we couldn't afford to pay payments that were coming up. There, there was no money coming in. We didn't have work coming in. Um, and I was just like, I've had enough. I don't, I don't want to do this. You're listening to Trade Mutt's 120 Grit Podcast, the podcast for the working class, hosted by Dan Allen and Ed Ross, the co-founders of Trade Mutt. If you're a fan of Trade Mutt's 120 Grit, we'd love to hear what you think. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at admin at trademutt.com. Dwayne Pierce is a passionate builder from the outskirts of Brisbane who is on a mission to positively change the building industry for everyone involved. With a long family history in trades and construction, Dwayne never wanted to be anything else other than a builder. However, after a blazing start to his career, things started to go wrong and it all came to a head in 2013 where he nearly lost everything. Dwayne learned some huge lessons from his mistakes in that period and now he's using those lessons along with a newfound passion for education to prevent others from going down the same path as he once did. But first, here's a message about our legendary sponsors who make this podcast for the working class possible. QuoteSpec is the newest building and construction quoting app created and designed by a working builder. Produce job-winning professional quotes in minutes with QuoteSpec's cloud-based quoting software. Get your free trial at www.quotespec.com and be prepared to get your life back. Get it back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, the next podcast of Trade Mutt's 120 Grit Podcast, the podcast for the working class. Don't chime in in my intro. Don't you say the episode number. I'm not saying the episode number. Due to technical difficulties leading up to this episode. (laughs) On previous podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we've got a good mate of ours, special guest once again every week. Is he special this week? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. He's the uh, founder of uh, our Great sponsor of this podcast, QuoteSpec, Managing Director of DPS Constructions and uh, also the co-founder of Live Life Build, the legend himself, Mr. Dwayne Pierce. Welcome, mate. Thanks, guys. How are you going? <laughs> well. Better than the jewellery, yeah. big boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, got a few yarns to spin with you today, I think. Or you have got a few yarns to spin with us, apparently. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we'll go through a range of things uh, this afternoon. Basically... Obviously, your journey and then what you're doing in the building industry and trying to make a, a, a bit of a change, not just for clients out there, but also builders that want to put their hand up and learn more. So it should be good. Pretty yeah, excited. No, you've just had, like, you're in the office these days, aren't you? Office hands. Over no, there. Not, not like now, mate. I'm on the tools. Yeah, like, last, last I was, yeah, was going to say, this this week, you've been into it, haven't you? Last couple uh, of weeks. First time in seven years, mate, back into it and how's, smashing it out. How's the body <laughs> handling it? Feel like an old man. That's all good. Epsom salts every night in the bath. <laughs> yeah, I'm so but... sick of hearing about Epsom salts. Oh, mate, that's what the missus gives me every night. <laughs> nice. All good. Yeah, right. So you haven't, you're not too rusty. Haven't lost a touch. Mate, I've been making a few stuff ups, but I'll own that. So uh, I've got to get back into it and teach the boys. But that, that was the main reason. Like, just get on site with the younger fellas and uh, yeah, show them that I'm not just a guy that drives around, points my finger. I, I can get out there and. Screed and mix it with the, mix it with the big boys. Frame, so. Lead by example. Yeah, yeah, nice. So you, uh, as you know, yeah, we're you're a builder by trade, Dwayne. You did your uh, apprenticeship here in Brizzy. Yeah, mate. Uh, on, over on the north side, did a lot of work around sort of Bridgman Downs, Cashmere, Narangba, um, all that sort of area when it was taken off. And you're uh, you you come from a family of a lot of construction type trades people dad's been a painter for 42 years you were telling us earlier yeah mate yeah my uh most of my a lot of my family either were or still are uh, some sort of trades my old man was a painter for 42 years had a had a good business uh, my uncle's been painters renderers bricklayers a lot of my cousins are uh, a lot of them are chippies actually a couple of like a renderer plasterers uh, another really good concreter so um yeah it's just in the family quite a mix yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> great. That is a mix. And your dad had a solid business, did he? Yeah, mate. Yeah, he uh, he smashed it out for a long time. Like, he, all he did was work for us kids and, and our mum. Like, uh, 
did a lot for us and uh, really appreciate that. And But, um, yeah, like I saw like what he dealt with a lot and that's sort of a lot big part of why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Like you hear all you really hear from a lot of the older guys and especially growing up, like I I just wanted to be a builder no matter what. From a, I, I can't remember ever wanting to be anything else. And um, being like every, every weekend, school holidays, whenever it was, like I was on site with uh, the old man, buddy, knocking off timber, making billy carts, like doing whatever I could. Um, and... All you ever heard, mate, from uh, from and even like then and now from older guys is just how shit the industry is. You don't get paid. You got to deal with that. Clients are shit. Like, and um, and that's what I thought was normal. And um, yeah, that's a big part of what we're doing today to try and change all that. So you always wanted to be a builder. Didn't want to be anything else, mate. Like, yeah, right. Don't know. Uh, I think it comes back to my great grandfather was a was a builder. Um, Old Reg uh, up in Gympie did a lot of uh, old houses and farmhouses and stuff up around there, and there's a, there's a few buildings around today that you can still drive around and see, and like that's um, I think that's why I'm so passionate about. Like I can't see why the buildings that we're building today can't be around so that my kids and my kids kids can drive around and see them. Like so, in the old days they they were passionate about what they did. They love what they did. So it was I'm, a real craft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you you got in. You did it because you wanted to do it. You loved it. You put everything into it. And I think the problem with a lot of young guys coming through these days is that they're not passionate about it. It's it's just a job. They're passionate about the nice ute and like having all the you know the tools and stuff. Yeah, all the flash gear. Yeah, and yeah. Why do you think people aren't passionate about it now? Oh, mate, look at I don't know. I'm pretty old school, but. Um, I I don't know. I'll probably get in a bit of trouble, but no, like you I, won't. Come I on. think, um, <laughs> mate. I think it all goes back to schooling. Like I, I think school's far too soft. Um, the cane and getting in trouble never hurt anyone. Getting a, a uh, strap from your parents like it taught you respect. Um, a lot of trouble we have these days, especially trying to find young apprentices, is they. And like I even see it at my like I got two young girls, uh, six and eight. You see it at their sports now. Like before a game of netball, it comes across the loudspeaker. There's no winners or losers. Everybody's equal. Bloody, don't carry on. You're it's kidding just, me. Over the loudspeaker, it's just bullshit. I didn't, I didn't realize it was to that level. <laughs> mate, it's it's. I'm Everybody's not. a winner. <laughs> mate, I'm not a netball's fan. the winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Mate, there's no. They just don't get taught to be to fail or lose, and then we get them on site, and you give them a kick up the ass, or you tell them what to do, and you they make mistakes, and you get up them, or you have a go at them, or it might not even be having a go at them. It's just saying, what, what are you doing? Like I've just told you to do that. Like if you don't understand, ask me questions. I can explain again. But you, if I don't know that you don't understand, I can't help you learn better and stuff like that. And Mate, they just get straight on the offence and they, they get anxiety, they get depressed and, um, yeah, I, I just think we've lost a touch, I think, with uh, how we bring young people up. And I hear there's, I mean, I was only hearing on the radio yesterday or the day before about the significant skills shortage coming through and across all the trades and all the common trades as well, as well as bakers. I thought that was a weird one to include in there, but, yeah, specifically... The to all you bakers yeah. out there listening, <laughs> we love you. Yeah. It's uh, a trade. There's a, well, there's not many of them listening because there's a shortage. <laughs> but, um, sorry, I forgot no, where well, I was going No, they would be listening because they don't like working. Yeah, right? well, exactly right. But, yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's worrying, you know, for the future. <laughs> do you think, I don't know, do, do you think, I mean, I know that being a tradie, it's a, it's a great skill any trade is an awesome skill to have it's always something there to fall back on but and i mean you know i always hear talks about there's there's less jobs for university graduates now and there's you know trades are killing it and all this that but does it, it's maybe just not appealing for the younger generation who maybe don't have that what you're saying that bit of now that get up and go and that drive to mate, to just, actually get stuck in i just think they're lazy mate like we i, I honestly couldn't tell you how many apprentices we've tried in the last two years and out of all the, like it would definitely be over a dozen and uh out of that we've currently got three and um mate they're just they're so difficult they you catch them around a corner on their phone or uh, like facebook instagram you like we've had young guys that will tell my supervisor they've got to finish early and um like you don't really know what it's for and you don't want to sort of pry too much, but then you find out it's because they've got to go and have a haircut or 
or uh, they've got to go and catch up with their mates or whatever. Like if I did that when I was apprentice, man, I, I would have, I would not have had a job. Like, um, and then they're they're constantly wanting to have days off for personal things. Like you get a job, you work, and you work whatever hours is required of you to work. Like um, you don't, well, you shouldn't set the rules. So like, you should appreciate having a job. Yeah, mm. it's an interesting time, I suppose, from my perspective, that a lot of People are sort of, uh, yeah, skipping the trek up the mountain, sort of wanting to be at the top yeah, pretty I think instantly. I think that's the big thing. Like people, um, and we see it, even apprentices we put through, they finish their time, they still don't know everything that they need to know and they expect to go straight to the top, finish their time, straight to the top level of pay. And um, it's, it's, it's not like that. Like you've got to prove what you can do, what you know, your knowledge and... Um, you work your way up. Like you know one thing yeah. that sorry grinds my gears when you hear people talking about, oh, I'm charged out, this is my charge out rate. Oh, you know, my boss charges me out of this. Like, as if to say that's what, like, they should be earning. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Have you heard that? Oh, I get charged out at, you know, 80, 85 bucks an hour, but I only get paid 35. It's like... Oh, mate, I think that goes <laughs> in all, all industries. Bloody bone of contention oh, over here. It's, it's so annoying because it's like, it's people saying, well, you know... Oh, I should be on that, you know what I mean? Like that's the bill, the boss is getting all that money, and I'm earning that for him. But it's like, well, no. We'll like, touch on that finances yeah. and margins yeah, later, anyway. Derek. Let's not bombard everyone <laughs> with that right now. <laughs> well, it's just you know, yeah, I know. So you're talking about your apprenticeship, then? So tell us, so so tell us about then where you started off, getting into your time, how it was for you, and you know, and and how bloody hard you worked, mate. It looked like at the time, I I hated. My uh, a part of my apprenticeship, like I um, I did my apprenticeship with two guys, old Desi, and then I, I finished it off with uh, Dave. But um, Desi and Dave, yeah, mate, they um, legends. Mate, looking back now, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them. Like, and and they did kick me up the ass. Like, and you had to work hard. Um, you got told what you had to get done that day, and if you didn't get done, you you were getting shit for it. So, um, or if you didn't get it done. You, you friggin' had to work till six o'clock or seven o'clock to make sure it was done. There mm. was no, um, but yeah, it was definitely a lot harder than it than it is these days. Um, man, you asked for a day off or uh, or put your holidays in, and like you, like you felt bad. You were scared to ask for it because you you had to um, you had to be working. So, but look, I, I think obviously things have changed. Like society's changed, the world's changed, and I, I respect that. Um, and one thing we really do with our guys now is like tell them, like I don't mind if my guys want to have time off. We encourage them to have time off if their if their kids have got a special event on, if their team wins a football grand final or something. But like you've got to tell us, like give us four weeks notice, two weeks notice, so that we can work that into our schedule. Like I'm all for that, and especially since I've had kids, I've I've realised that a lot more. You uh, you only get a lot of opportunities once, and if you don't take advantage of it, you never. That's it. It's gone. So. Um, like, I don't want to sound like a real hard-ass that just pushes and pushes and pushes, but it's got to go both ways. You've got to um, – like, I know when I was an apprentice, I appreciated my job. So, actually, um, like, I finished school um, uh, three months after I turned 15, um, and I was told, like, you, you are not sitting around the house. Like, if you don't get a job in a week, you're back at school. And, mate, I got straight in the paper, and the closest thing I could get to – being a builder was a, a leading a factory hand at a um, trust factory. So I actually worked at the old Northside Trusts and Frames for about a year and a half. And um, so I was the youngest one there by a long shot. Um, I'd worked there eight or nine, nine hours a day. At that, that stage, my old boy had a paint shop as well. And I'd finished working in the factory down there. And then I'd, I'd ride my pushy to my old boy's paint shop and I'd do another hour or two there helping him load, stack paint and all that sort of stuff. So... It's just I don't know. I I, I appreciate. It. I I like hard work. I I think that's um, got the work ethic early. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. it's important. Yeah. It's it's hard to come by now though that people are willing to do it. That's the other thing. Like yeah. I was probably lucky because I was isolated. Like when I worked in the territory and stuff. So you sort of yeah, was no, you couldn't get out of it. <laughs> so yeah. there's you had to kind be of there. there's two sort of parts to it. Like you got to yeah, you got to want to be doing what you're doing to a certain degree to then learn enough of it to 
give you that drive to you know to really become passionate about it and to want to do it my life if you're not into what you're doing yeah well then don't waste yours or anyone else's time life's too short to be doing shit that you that you don't want to be doing so find out what you want to do and do that you know what yeah. i mean and then give it your all because yeah but i mean the other thing is too that i don't think people when they do give something a go give it a red hot go yeah yeah well, i would rather that. just bumble along through it like you know there's plenty of apprentices that i've met that are just bumbling through it it's just hey, like we've had uh doing we've it we put young guys on, mate, and they've uh, the first day on site they've had to have a shovel and dig a hole for a fence post or something. They've they've come back at us and said, "Oh, but don't you have machines for this? Like, what what have I got to dig a yeah, hole?" You and then they, they that was my first job too. <laughs> that was my first job, the first day of my apprenticeship was dig a hole. I still remember behind that retaining wall at that job at Kedron. <laughs> and they, yeah, and they don't they don't show up the second day. Like, I showed up. Hard. It did well, did well. Yeah, oh, waterproof, oh, waterproofer over here. Oh, waterproofer. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's a whole other story we can talk about. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah, the waterproofer, mate. Well, when I started my apprenticeship, old um, Anthony over here, he was the. What I was, were you? I was, you were, I was like two a, years out of my time, yeah. right? I didn't. When I finished my apprenticeship, I wasn't that confident. I felt like I could have used an extra year in my apprenticeship because I came out and I didn't want to be like, "Fuck, I'm out of my own now." And I, I don't yeah. know how to do everything. Like, yeah. I like to still be learning. <laughs> but a couple of years, two and a half years out of my time, and I started working at Norcon. And by that time, I was confident. Yeah, really found my straps. First day working with this idiot, Greenhorn, completely like first day. You know, first day on a building site. And, you know, we both started work in the same day <laughs> for the for the builder together. And so I sort of got stuck with him, you know, this, yeah. this you know, and then... The two newbies. <laughs> the two newbies. So You're it's like, like what have I gotten into six here? years into my trade, one day into his trade. And it must have been like, it must have been like the, I don't know what, a couple of weeks in. It was a hazing period. <laughs> it was a, it hazing, was a period. hazing period, but there was a really long block wall. It was just a front fence. It yeah. was, you know, probably 1,200 high Mate, or so. it wrapped three... Sides of the house. It was, it was a, anyway. And when they dug out and put the footings in, they hadn't dug back bugger all. So <laughs> to get in and waterproof it, and some of them were like, I don't know, probably a metre and a half, two metres high in places, higher actually, and I had to get a broom with a vacuum cleaner and, oh, man, like a banister brush on the end of, like, broom handles to try and <laughs> scrape the mud off to, like... And we literally waterproofed, We're waterproofed blackjack, yeah, blackjack, the proper <laughs> blackjack stuff for, like, a week. Yeah, five but, days straight. But he's going the whole time. He's going, man, this is shit. Why am I doing this? I don't want to be doing this. And I'm saying to him, and I'm like a couple of years out of my trade. Now, I shouldn't be doing it. But yeah. I was saying, 100% I shouldn't be doing it. I was saying, mate, shut up, mate. They're just testing us. Yeah. Like, just shut up and do it. They are testing us. It's just just get it period. done. Yeah. You know what I mean? in those sperm suits like hazmat <laughs> suits. But he always comes back to me and he always says, mate, that day, you know, he said that you were right. Us. He said you were right. That, you get, that you, made us. As you're right, they were just testing us. It's yeah. like, just shut up and do it. You know <laughs> well, we, we, but, that, but then that sort of weirdly solidified our relationship. So we've got to be thankful that we did get put through that because, yeah, yeah we both sort of pushed each now. other, you know. Oh, man. I was literally like, at by the end of it, I was shoveling the black jacket with my bare hands and <laughs> rubbing it on the footing. <laughs> it was rough, mate. Uh, would have taken a year to get that off. Oh man, it was bad. Oh, I'll get cancer from that down the track. I'd say, but anyway. Anyway, we digress. We're we talking digress. about digging holes first day for an apprentice. Ball yeah, so yeah. I think setting a work ethic. So let's, for example, now with your apprentices, and you're saying you've been struggling to find the right people. How do you try and set them a good work ethic? Are you like giving them? Are you trying to get them to set goals of like where they want to be, what they want to be doing? Like, how are you working those guys? Oh, mate, it's hard. Like we we try a lot of things, but like the one thing I tell all of them, like. Yeah, you're hearing it. You're reading in the paper. You're hearing it everywhere. Like, like you said, tradies are just becoming fewer and fewer. Like, no one's signing up for an apprenticeship. So, like, I just tell all my guys, like, if you head down, bum up, and you get stuck into this, you will make a fortune because it's getting less and less and less. So, in 10, 20 years' time, the, your competition ultimately is going to be far less mm. than what we have. It's now. only going to be you stuffing it up yourself. Yeah, like if you. Get stuck into it. You work hard. You uh, you do well at it. You you're gonna make a good living for yourself. And the old population's only going one way. So yeah, less and tradies, bigger population. Name your price. <laughs> well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or what? Yeah, right. Hopefully it works like that. Yeah, yeah. bloody oath. No, it's uh. Well, let's get, keep going along with where you were. So you did your apprenticeship, um, and you you sort of quit three years in. 
Yeah, so I only, I only did a, a bit over three years or three and a half years. Um, just, yeah, wasn't really liking. Um, and I think that's why I can probably sympathise a little bit with some of our apprentices. Like, oh, I was just put under the hammer every single day. So at that time, uh, it was only myself and my boss. Um, and I just, I don't know, I was just cracking under the pressure. And I, I got to a point where I just hated going to work. I just didn't want to do it. Been there. Um, like I was getting left to do all these sorts of jobs, like you say. Like I wasn't even finished my time. I, I didn't really know what I was doing and I was, I was expected to just go and do it. And then when it wasn't done or done properly, I would just, I would cop a flog. So, so just a communication breakdown, like a expectation. Well, there was no one else. There was yeah, only, okay. uh, the boss had dropped me on site with the trailer. He'd go home, do all the paperwork, come back, pick me up in the afternoon. So, wow, uh, that's a lot of pressure on a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so yeah, I, I, I finished up. Um, like, and, and look, looking back now, like I said, I appreciate the trouble he put, like the pressure he put on me because it's made me who I am now. It's got me to where I am. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't finish. Um, I ended up going back and work for my old boy. So went and uh, swung a paintbrush for 18 months, two years. Nice, nice. nice. So what was it? What sort of stuff were you doing? Like what sort of work were you doing? In terms of like, were you doing new builds? Were you doing renos? Like, were you doing your apprenticeship? Like, yeah, all, all new builds. All new builds. Yeah, so yeah right. uh, And you were out there on your own. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they were, um, they were more so project type homes. And, um, mate, I was, do, I was trying to stand walls. I was doing suffetes, cladding. Like, I, I was doing What's everything. What's like thinking? Everything on my own. Why was he making you do this? Well, <laughs> mate, it didn't. Uh, well, I think it ties in a lot with what I'm doing these days with trying to help builders and, and quote spec. Like, um, builders don't know how to run businesses. Yeah, there's nothing like seeing a bloke trying to install a suffete on his <laughs> own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there's ways, but you know, anyway, mate, it can be done, but it's yeah, hard work. It is, it is. So you almost became a painter. Yeah, mate. So I uh, I got on the brush, and um, it was actually very enjoyable. Like I really enjoyed working with my old boy. Um, so he, he did a lot of work for some big developers. Uh, this is like we're going back twenty, sort of eighteen twenty years, and um, yeah, one of the developers that he was uh, doing a lot of work for just hit me up one day. He's like, like he's, he knew I was a good worker. He'd seen me on the sites, and he's like, "You're a chippy, aren't you? Like, why don't you why don't you come and do some building for me?" And uh, so yeah, I uh, myself and one of the other chippies that was doing his work at the time teamed up. We we put on an apprentice, and uh, yeah, it all kicked off from there. Yeah, right. So did you get signed off? Yeah, so while well, I was a painter, I, yeah. um, in that time I went and did the, the small business course and got all my licence yeah, that. So, um, yeah, still wanted to be a builder, yeah. but um, yeah, just wanted a break for a little while. Yeah, wow. So what was the – so it's all just evolved from there. So you've just started with a couple of blokes and then bang. Yeah, so mate, we, uh, we put on one and, and – um, Again, I just had that work ethic in me, so the uh, the partnership didn't last. I don't think it even lasted twelve months. We ended on good terms, but um, yeah, I ended up just I just kept growing. So uh, I kept the more work this developer could could build at the time. It was all unit, all inner city units and townhomes, and um, yeah, I just I just kept growing. I started putting on chippies. I started like so. Um, I'm only uh, I was I just turned twenty one at this stage, and. Um, and then, yeah, it got to a point where he, like at, at that stage, he was doing um, between so anything from 60 to 100 townhomes and units a year. And it got to a point where he, he just couldn't keep the work up. He, he had two other chippy gangs that were doing his work. And um, I just started looking for other work. So, and uh, it just grew and grew. I, I took on some other developers. And long story short, I ended up, um, by the time I was 24, um, like we were running 35 to 40 chippies uh, and I did that right up until I got my builder's licence. So um, we were doing work as far up as Gympie, uh, northern New South Wales and, um, yeah, we are just killing it. 35 to 40 chippies. Mm. Wow. How are you managing all these blokes? At, uh, how old are you? 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Shit, that's young for that many. Like, yeah, tell us about that. Mate, I loved it. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I bought a house, uh, bought some rental properties, um, my neighbours thought I was drug dealers. They couldn't work out why a young fella had like a new ute and a big boat and all this stuff. Um, the, I remember like my old girl telling me this story all the time. Like she'd come over to, I don't know, she was probably doing my washing or something one day and uh, the old girl across the road's like trying to hit her up to see 
And uh, she thought I'd just gotten out of jail for some reason. <laughs> um, wow. But, uh, yeah, mate, I just I just smashed it. Like, I just loved it. Um, so what were you churning out? Pro- your project times, was it? Mate, we started doing everything. So, yeah. uh, like, I would do – I would get contracts with project builders. They'd do a whole street, might be 20 houses. Yeah. We'd, we'd, I'd throw 20 chippies at it. We'd have 20 houses up in a week. Like so are you, doing, are you doing start to finish? Or uh, just it depended on what was around, mate. So yeah. we would – Whatever I could get, we would take. Um, we did a lot of hourly rate stuff. I um, so it turned out I could I don't I don't know how, but I, I could manage people really well. So um, we built up enough confidence with this one developer in particular. Um, he started doing a lot of large commercial uh, tilt panel buildings, and he couldn't get good form workers and stuff. So I was like, yeah, fuck, I can do that. Never done it before, but I'll give it a crack. And uh, before you knew it, I, I had Chippies just smashing up formwork for tilt panels, and we were uh, like, we were good at it. We were smashing it out, and to a point where they just trusted me. They uh, we agreed on an awesome hourly rate, so every chippy I had on site, I was getting a good hourly rate. And um, so I ended up with some really good leading hand chippies, um, and I'd put them on to run jobs. And I got to, like, yeah, by the time I was twenty five, I was pretty much just running around in my truck. Um, dropping off nails, dropping off... Like, I would supply a lot of the tools. So I was fixing tools, dropping off tools, making sure work was getting done. And um, we got on to another developer that... This is sort of back when childcare was taken off. So um, they started building a lot of large childcare centres. So um, most of them were sort of 12 up to 1,800 square metres, all prefab frame. And um, so they would get a slab down and... Like, we'd show up, they just loved us. We'd show up the next day. I'd, I'd throw 14 or 16 chippies at a pre-nailed frame. We'd have a 1,400-square-metre frame up, tied down, trusses on, ready for roof in, like, four or five days. Um, so I, I ended up doing this deal with my boys where I would say to them, right, well, there's, there's a $300 bonus for every single one of you if it's done by this day, and it passes a frame inspection. So if it didn't pass, they didn't get their bonus. So everyone would just make sure everything was spot on and right and everyone would work really well as a team and it, it just worked. We just tell you what, there's not enough builders out there that set incentives like that, you know? Yeah. Bosses, I don't think. I don't know. I've never, none of my bosses ever have. That's what I mean. I, yeah. You don't hear it very often. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Mate, I don't, I, I, uh, I don't do it as much as I should now. Like I, We quite often take the boys out for beers and all that sort of thing. But, but it's a um, different style of work. But um, yeah, it was it made it worked back then. Like mm-hmm. I, I would honestly tell them, like seriously, we get this job done by Friday afternoon. And it passes frame inspection. You just all get two hundred bucks. So mm-hmm. so, so you're not doing that. any quoting, really at that stage. It's all like sort of it's hourly rate or uh, a lot of a lot of it was hourly rate. But I was um, I was quoting the the carpentry. So a lot of the carpentry was um, well, and and in saying that. All that type of work was done on rates. So, like a, a square you know, meter frame, rates. you'd have a square meter rate. Cladding, you'd have a rate. Suffetes, you'd have a rate. So, um, and made it. We just we smashed it. It was awesome. And and look, looking back now, if I knew what I knew now and been through what I've been through in the last ten years, I would have kept that going because I was killing it. Well, let's go through what you went, what you yeah, eventually ended up going through. So. You went out on your own in 2008 and started your own building company? Yeah, so 2008 got uh, got the builder's licence. So, oh, yeah, I did a two-year course. So I started the course when I was 26. Um, and it was uh, – so I just – I took all the stuff away. I did it in my spare time. Um, actually did it with a, a good mate of mine. And um, as soon as I got my licence, a lot of the developers that I was doing chippy work for found out and, like, they, they – knew how good I could do chippy work, so they're just, inst- like, straight away, they're throwing work at me. So, like, first year um, with my builder's licence, uh, straight off the bat, I think we turned over just under, just under or just over five mil. Like, we turned that over consistently for the first few years. Yeah. And it was a completely different ball game. Like, as a chippy, I was killing it. Like, I was early, mid-20s, shitloads of money in the bank, buying big boats, going on holidays. Like, I was living the dream, and... Were you financing these boats and stuff? Or were you paying cash? Uh, mate, I, I, yeah, I don't like talking about that stuff too much, but I, I wasn't a lot of finance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you weren't mortgaged up to your eyeballs or anything like that? Nah, no. No, that's a different story. Well, that's good, yeah. Nah, mate, it was uh, it was unreal. Like I just I saw things and I 
if, if I saw something and I set a goal that that's what I wanted to get, I would just look for more work and work harder and then I'd just go and pay for it. Yeah, sweet. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're doing that, well, then you're all right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, mate, and we, yeah, through that time, we bought some investment houses and stuff and then, uh, mate, within, uh, so that was 2008 and um, that led up to 2013. We had an absolutely terrible year, but, like, in that five-year period, um we lost it all, like everything. Uh, so I, I, um, I met my partner also in 2008, and um, yeah, like she saw that, like she sort of just as I'd met my partner Camille, um, I had had my first bad experience. Like being a builder, I had a had a client, um, and they just didn't want to pay. And um, why? Oh, mate, they just and. We'll get to it more, but like that's what I was saying. Like I, I thought it was them, but looking back now, it was all me. Like every every hard time and trouble I've got into in in that period was all my fault, and uh, that was a massive turning point for me. Was owning that because you don't get taught anywhere enough uh, to get your license, and I think it's I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like the amount of money that we deal with as builders building houses for people. Um, and the contracts we use, like you just can go wrong pretty mate, badly. Shit can go wrong. And one thing I tell guys these days, like it, you might be floating along <laughs> thinking that everything's all rosy and good, but it is only a matter of time. Like sooner or later, you are going to get a client that knows the contract better than you do, and they will screw you over. Mm. Um, and that's not to scare people, but that that is what will happen. And is that what happened for you? Yeah, mate. So we, uh, but it happened multiple times. So. Um, over a five-year period, um, I don't know, we, we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, to a point in 2013, we had three, um, at the time, I, I thought they were clients from hell, but looking back now, I didn't manage them. I didn't understand my contracts, um, and it was my own fault. I dug myself a hole. Um, to a point uh, at the end of 2013, like, mate, I was, I was out. I, I did not want to do it anymore. Um and I was just uh, saying before, like, I got to a point where I would just get in my truck in the morning and, mate, I, I'd do a lap of Somerset Dam. I'd, I'd drive up the coast. Like, no one knew where I was. I was just driving around. I, my missus would ring. The, my boys on side would ring. And, like, yeah, I'd answer the phone. I'd talk all sweet. But... uh I was lost, mate. I didn't know what to do. I was going downhill. We we, we couldn't afford to pay payments that were coming up. There, there was no money coming in. We didn't have work coming in. Um, and I was just like, I've had enough. I don't I don't want to do this. And How uh, did that make you feel? Like, what was the thought process there when, when you just can't see an out? Oh, mate, there was some pretty dark days. Like, I... Um, I probably... I didn't talk anywhere near enough as what I should have. Like, uh... I talked to a couple of people, but I, I never let anyone know just how bad it was. Um, mate, yeah, I'd, I'd drive like up Mount Me somewhere and I'd, I'd just park in a park and just sit there all day until, right, oh, it's 4, 4.30, I've got to be home soon. I'd just, I'd go home. And, uh, yeah, it was shit, mate. It was absolute shit. And um, it was all, looking back now, it was, there's nobody else to blame except me. Like, 100% my fault. Well, I mean, you learn some pretty hard lessons, like, obviously, but, you know, being in a situation, uh, like, a situation like that specifically, like, whatever it is that you're doing, like, that feeling where I, I would imagine you feel like the world's crumbling around you yeah. and there's no way out. Yep. Like, we just feel ashamed, mate. Like, I'd, yeah. I I didn't want to tell the missus. I Like, yeah, it was, it was bad. And we got to a point, like, I lost everything that I'd worked hard for. Like, I had a... Through my 20s, I had the time of my life and uh, I was ready to set the world on fire. And uh, I jumped into being a builder and getting my builder's licence and had no idea of how much was involved. And, yeah, within five years, it had all gone. So uh, to a point where the only way that we got out of it was to borrow some money from, like, absolute last resort. And, mate, like, for me, the type of person I am, like, to... To, to have to go, to get to a point where, like, if I don't do something, like, I'm either going to neck myself or or we're going to have nothing. Like, I, I, like, 
and that's sort of how bad it got. Like it uh, to go to bring a family member and say, oh, "I need, we need some money. Mm. Like I'm in the shit." And um, mate, they didn't believe me. Like they they saw how well I'd been doing. Like they just they they didn't believe me where we were. But um, yeah. So you shit. sold, so you sold the houses, investment properties, and stuff you had, and like you're no, back to square one, or didn't sell them, mate. They got taken. Like right. we, we were in the shit, yeah, right? Like, okay. uh, yeah, I'm just trying to set a picture for everyone so I can figure um, out what's going on here. And look, it wasn't, it wasn't all my doing. It was um, like there was some shit going on with um, my old man as well. He, he, we had some joint ventures, and he, he got into some strife as well, and. Um, so it was more than just me not knowing how to run my business. It was just bad timing. It it all just happened at once. Fuck, and, that uh, must have been, yeah. I mean, sleepless nights and you just had no idea where to turn, what to, yeah, mate, to talk it was, to. It was shit. It was shit. So where was the turning point or was there a turning point or did it take a while to happen? Uh, mate, look, that... That went on right through the end of 2013 and then um, like we went into the Christmas break that year with me looking like I, I hadn't, none of my team, like they knew work had slowed down. They like, one thing I've always done, like we, I just hit everything. Like they, they didn't know how bad we were. Like I was doing whatever I could to make sure they got paid every week. Um, and we just, I went into that Christmas break just looking for a job. Like I didn't care what it was. Uh, if I could find something over that break, I was not going back. Well, oh, you were looking for yeah, righto. So something outside the industry, mm. not yeah, righto. Yeah, and you obviously you didn't find anything or. Uh, so mate, look, it it just all sort of fell into place. Um, we were we were working on some quotes for some really good jobs, and uh, we come back after that break, and a couple of them, we had some emails and um, clients saying, "Yep, we're ready to press the go button." So. Uh, my wife and I had a chat, and um, we're just like, well, I was just like, oh, I'm not going to let these guys down. Like, at the end of the day, we've we've got a good team. We got good, we got good um, accounting in the office. We got good uh, chippies on site, good supervisors, and uh, I was, so we we started having team meetings. So we were having team meetings in, with the office. We were, we were having team meetings with the guys on site, and uh, so I, I told them. I, I didn't tell them. How yeah, bad I'd yeah. got. Oh, right, yeah. Because I, I was ashamed of that. Like, I, I didn't want to be telling people that I was just driving around lost all day. Like, that's fucked. But, um, Literally, you lost. Like, lost. Yeah. You say emotionally and, like, physically, you're just wandering around. Mate, I had amazing. absolutely no idea how I was going to get out of, like, it, I, I had no... It's a scary feeling. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. Mm. But anyway, we just, we just started having some team meetings and... um. Once I told them what was happening, they sort of started saying, "Yeah, well, <coughs> like we we sort of we've seen this happen, we've seen that happen, and we just we actually started working as a team and putting things in place to and we we basically said, right, oh well, let's shift it. This isn't going to happen again. Um, so for the first time ever, um, I started talking to some business type coaches and stuff, and uh, and well, not only that, just talking, like. Talking to my my wife, talking to, I was ringing some of my uh, my old man's sort of mates that were in business and that, and just chatting, and just uh, started turning things around. So, and um, <coughs> we turned it around massively. So by the end of two thousand fourteen, we'd paid all the money back that we'd borrowed, um, and we were on track again. Like we had money in the bank, and we started kicking goals, and we we haven't looked back since. Yeah. Um, how did you turn your mindset around when you checked out you didn't want to do it anymore how did you switch your brain back because I've been there when I've switched out of a job and it's like fuck I, my mind is anywhere but here how did you turn that back around to, to say right I'm actually going to give this another crack um, mate I think the the biggest thing was probably I just had uh, my first child and, uh, and and I'd only like yeah we're sort of getting ready to get married and uh I was just like, I gotta do, like, I gotta make this happen. Like, have to do this. Yeah, I gotta have do to do this. this. Yeah. yeah, it's that's a credit to you for for, for shifting that around because it would have been quite easy to just whimper away or whatever and go do something else. Yeah, no, mate. It, uh, yeah, yeah. I reckon there's well, not I reckon I know for a fact, and you would too. 
how many builders are, there are out there and sole traders and you know you know small business owners that are just in the in such similar positions to that I've heard so many stories I've read stories in the paper of people running businesses and everything's great or it always was great and then there's a fuck up and then it all starts to go downhill but it's always the builder's fault mate that's but, the other thing like but that the facade like you don't want to like where you were like it started to go downhill you probably saw that shit was completely screwed but you weren't ready to tell anyone or, you know, you just you need to keep up that facade of success or that everything's okay and it's like, it's yeah. so far from okay. Yeah, it's as far as it can be from okay. Yeah. It's, it's shit. So, had, yeah. Sorry. No, you're <laughs> I'm just going to you off there. <laughs> but the... Um, we do it to each other all the time. We do do it all the time. <laughs> so that, that progression back out, so you, you're, you know, 2000, end of 2014 now, you've got some some cash back in the bank, it's starting to look like you're back on track. What uh, what was the mindset then, sort of? Uh, mate, so I, I started owning things. Like that was a, that was a massive turnaround <laughs> for me. So I, And like the, one of the things looking back now that I really uh, kick myself about is like my wife and um, our accounts lady in the office, the amount of times leading up to all the shit going bad that, like we were having trouble with clients or a client wasn't paying or whatever, they would say to me, you got to run the job as per the contract. And I'd, I just, I, I don't know why, but I just thought I was. But I How were you not an example? As in like, yeah, what were you not doing that you were supposed to be? Oh, mate, like every, every builder does it, I guarantee it. Like you, uh, you start on site and everything's all good and you're having your site meetings with your clients and they come on board on site, you're, you're having your walk around and they they might want something extra done here or there and you're like, yeah, no worries, Chippy's here, we'll do that and you you do a, you just do things and you don't... So variations you're talking about. Yeah, and you, you don't charge them or you don't think that it's worth charging and you you don't... You just don't understand business. You don't understand that every all that time, that's extra material. Like it's um, just paperwork. Like not doing variations, time extensions. Not uh, even not uh, just understanding the con. Like just general. Like understand. I know it sounds funny, but like, mate, the day that I realised it and I sat down, as boring as shit as it was, and read the contract start to finish. And was like, holy fuck! Like this answers all my problem, or a lot of my problems. Um, and then I read it again, and then I read it again, and it's like, fuck me! Like this, it all sort of fell into place, did it? I've or? been using this for five or six years. Why have I not? Why have, have I not done this? Like, why, why, I t- why wasn't I told this? Like, why wasn't I? Why wasn't I forced to understand this before they gave me my ticket? Like, that's that's. I think the biggest thing is because, or how I perceive it, is it's a labour based intensive job right so like i went and did my apprenticeship like through my whole like i did it through blue dog like we never learned anything about margins or anything it was just takeoffs right yeah quantity takeoffs and then that was pretty much it and i like i'm yeah i'm fortunate because i went, did go to to uni but i mean for a lot of blokes that i know that have gone out and started building companies like that they've done it and they've been like, oh, well, so I've done it in a couple of days. I've got my builder's license. You yeah. know, those guys that walk around just basically hand them out, sign here, you got one. Yeah. And like, I'm like, holy shit. It, it's, it's not a great stepping stone into uh, running a business, uh, especially the way the culture is where, like you've just been talking about, people fucking don't ask for help. Yeah. Right? So everyone thinks that they know what's going on and everything's rosy. But fuck, like, and like when we spoke to Warwick Bidwell on the podcast, it's like, fuck, your f- numbers are the first and most important thing. Yeah. Everything that you do, no matter what it is. Because, like, as soon as you get to work or have someone at work, it's costing you money. Like, well, mate, it's right. Like, it, like, there's a few things. There's a lot of things going on. But um, I think, like, I, I was obviously extreme scenario, I think, with how many chippies and the, what we built up. But um, I believe, like, most, most tradies get into a trade because they just. They don't like sitting in the classroom. They just they want to be outside. They want to be listening to the radio and having a joke with their mates. You do your apprenticeship and then maybe leading up to the end of your apprenticeship, I don't know, your family members, your mates start asking you to do a few little cashies here or there and then those cashies get bigger and you finish your time, you get your builder's licence and you, like you, 
all of a sudden you're doing jobs for people that you should have a contract and you probably don't and it just it's it just rolls it, on it, it just keeps growing mm. and you don't take the time to stop and go well i'm not just a builder i'm an accountant i'm an advisor i'm a consultant i'm an engineer i'm a designer like you, you a builder wears <coughs> so many hats um and then the other big part of that is there's this <coughs> misconception um i think anyway like there's a lot of builders and tradies that can work out the cost to quote a job um, for their part of it absolutely perfectly like a builder will quote to build a house to the nearest cent and that's awesome but they don't understand the admin the overhead on top of that so um because i know when i got my license the magic figure was 10 percent. like you work out your cost you put 10 percent on it 10 percent does nothing if you're putting 10 percent on your job cost you're going broke and that's that's why you you're wondering why you got no cash flow and you're not never making any money like a small business with um i don't know like a small business with a at one admin staff at one supervisor a truck a phone a fuel card maybe renting an office space mate they're going to be seven to ten percent overhead like and then on top of that you have to put your profit like it's uh it's crazy how many builders out there do you reckon are going from job to job to the next job just to pay for the end of the last job hundreds mate. to the next hundreds. job and then you get um mate sean van dyke in the states that we've been doing a bit of collaborating with he he's he calls the uh the trades uh what does he call it the tra- um the craftsman cycle like you just get stuck in this cycle mm. where you're you're chasing the job. Next, you're chasing the next job to pay for your last job and then because you're so desperate to get the next job you start underquoting you start yeah. dropping your price before yeah. someone's even asked you to drop your price um, or you're just thinking in your head, shit, I've, I'm too dear, I've got to drop my price a bit. Like, and you do, you, just, you get stuck in this cycle where you're just, you've constantly got no money in the bank, you've constantly got bad cash flow, you, you're struggling or you're just panicking because you've got to quote the next job, you've got to get the next job. Um, you end up dropping your price at the last minute because you're panicking, if I don't get this job, what, where's the next bit of money going to come from? Well, I think another thing that not enough builders do or business owners do is put enough uh, emphasis on their staff and giving them set responsibilities. Mm. Like if you set someone a responsibility or this is like what you have to get done or what you're in charge of, they're going to be more likely to actually take that by the balls and go and do it rather than just rocking up every day and just telling a group of blokes, this is what needs to be done. Do you agree? Like um, with who we used to work for, it was sort of like, oh, this is what this is what needs to get done. It wasn't sort of really delegated through, like, this is a responsibility for you, you and you, to go and get said work done. Like, if you're sort of creating that culture and that environment of, righto, like, I've got to get this done, you help me, yeah. I'll help you, you know yeah, what I mean? but for the most part, like, for, you know, a building project, it's kind of a, it's it's a, there's only one way to, you know, the process to get the job done. You yeah, know but what the I mean? process like, has parts. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so like like, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Like, I tell my boys all the time, it doesn't happen as much as I'd like it to, but I believe whoever is on whatever job it is each day should take 10 to 15 minutes every morning and say, this is what we're doing today. This is how it's going to happen. That's what I mean. Like, like, that's, let's get it done. The, yeah. Um, the amount of times I rocked up to work and got a text message at, you know, quarter to seven. It's like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, you're doing this today. Yeah, you're doing this today. It would have happened 80% of my apprenticeship. Mate, it's... I'm uh, not kidding. I'll give you another a good example of how shit our industry, mate. Like we, uh, with every, so we um, mate, stay tuned in, builders. Mate, this is how shit it is. It is, mate. It is. Yeah. We um, uh, I'd, I'd say probably four years ago now. So after that bad period, um, we started just we we got a system and process for everything now. Like we just and and I'm addicted to learning. I'm a, I love it now. Like I'm passionate for it, but. One of the things we did, and again, it come from, so four or five years ago, uh, we had a really good admin lady and her husband got transferred to Adelaide. So um, Camille was on maternity leave and uh, she was quite, she had a quite a high up job at uh, Suncorp. And all of a sudden I'm without an admin lady and she's all like, I'll just work in the, in the office. So uh, it was a good thing. So, and when she started working our office, she was just amazed at how little we did. She's like, "Man, if we didn't do this or we didn't do that, like, we we're in shit." So, 
one of the things that she implemented in the business was we did our proper contracts for our subcontract carpenters. And uh, like I'd thought about it before, like how do you put um, descriptions back on them. and that in place? And yeah. she taught me all about KPIs and all this sort of stuff. So we, we did up a, a really good document. It's, it's now grown to about five or six pages. Um, and it has our mission statement in it, like how we can help our staff, what we expect. And it has two pages. Well, they're different, but we've got one for a chippy, one for a supervisor, one for an apprentice, like all this sort of stuff. And we listed out KPIs, what we like key performance indicators. And then we listed out how we're going to measure them. Measure them. Yeah. And uh, so at the time, at the point in time, we had um, a heap of work on. I think we had 18, 16 or 18 chippies. And so leading up to this, we put out a survey. So we had a, we had a group toolbox meeting. Uh, we said, this is what we're doing. And we said, to help us do that, we want your feedback. So we did up these the two-page questionnaires and we said we emailed it all out to them said, look, I don't care. If, I said, be as brutal as you want. You tell us everything that we're doing wrong, what we're fucking up, how we can make the business better, how we can help you more, all this. And like, I'll be honest, some of the feedback was pretty shit. Um, and that was good. Shit as in... Shit on you guys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like it, it was. There was a few things that we, I don't know, could definitely do better. Anyway, so we took that feedback. We built it into this contract. And uh, I started getting in the office. So one by one, a uh, couple of weeks, they'd come in the office. We'd have a little chat. I'd give them the form. And um, we gave them all a date that the forms had to be backed by. And part of that form was because they're subcontract carpenters, um, a lot of them, we'd just let them get away. They'd gone and got their, um, like, finished their apprenticeship. They had their card, but they hadn't gone and done their small business. Like, they hadn't got their mm. QBCC license. So part of the thing was, if you want to be paid a good rate as a chippy, you need to get now go get your license. You need to sign our contract. You need to give us. You need to go and get insurance. You need like we weren't asking them to do anything out of the ordinary. We were just asking them to do what they were supposed to do. Make it more professional. Making it more professional. Mm. Within three weeks of us handing all that out, we were down to six jibbies. <laughs> what, you'd sacked them or they'd quit? They'd all, they'd all walk, mate. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting a licence. Take yeah. your licence and <laughs> shut mate, it. That is our industry. Yeah. So it was too hard. So all most of them said to me, I'm just going to go and work for someone else that doesn't want this shit. Yeah. And, and they walked. And at the time, mate, like we went into panic mode. Like we had all this work on it. All, all of a sudden, we're stuck with a couple of chippies, a couple of apprentices. And um, oh yeah, they man. all walked. And, <laughs> and it, mate, it was actually a blessing in disguise because at that time, we'd had a, that team for a few years. And um, yeah, we ended up thinking, well, right, fuck, if you're too useless to fucking even, like you want to get paid good money, but, and yet you won't even. Like we've been very professional. Like we've actually, so the best like the part of this was like a lot of them were trying to buy houses and things, and because they were subcontractors, they couldn't get loans and things. So by having a con, so on the part of the contract was, we asked them like, how long do you want to work here for? Mm. Like this contract can be one year, two year, three year. Like, yeah, mate, they all just walked. That's unbelievable. Why do you think that uh, people in the industry don't want to? I suppose that's not like an upskill area, but. Guys, yeah, I suppose. Well, why don't they want to play the game? Not, yeah, play the game, well, but progress and upskill, learn more. Mate, I, I was that person. Like, I, I probably would have done the same thing if I was back in my early twenties and someone had done the same thing to me. Like, I. But why though? Like, well, for me, mate, I, I didn't finish school. I was, uh, I'll, I'm the first to admit, like, I'm not a very intelligent person. I failed most things at school. I love woodwork, metalwork, and graphics. Like, that was fantastic. Really depends how you define intelligence, mate, hey? But, you know. Well, yeah, like, anyway. general spelling, reading, like, yeah, all right. that stuff, I'm not good at. And uh, I'll admit that. And uh, I, until I realised everything I've learnt in the last four or five years, like, I was probably the same. Like, you, you stick a form or paperwork or ask me to do a test, mate, I'd get all anxious and anxiety and start freaking out and I just and I tried to avoid it as much as I could. So I, I think that is a big problem in the industry. And the other thing is obviously no one ever asked you to do it or checked up on you. Like did you ever get asked for your licence? No. No one ever asked me no. to see my licence. Never. Yeah. Right. Do you have one? Uh, well, <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, we are we are running a bit low, uh, long on time. So I want to talk about 
what why you started quote spec like why you started you know quotes quotes spec and like live life build what why are you doing those those things mate i've just i don't want to see people go through what i went through and um so back then when we were starting to turn everything around um i started talking to some coaches um one in particular and I'm a big fan of that now. Like I believe everybody should have some sort of coach because uh, just having someone to hold you accountable and push you along. But they tidied up a few things in our business. But one thing I learned very quickly was they're all just business coaches. They they don't understand builders and traders. They've never been in our industry. They just a lot of them just see that the industry is struggling and needs help, and they're they're trying to make a buck out of it. Um, so anyway, one coach in particular pushed me to do things that were way out of my comfort zone and because he couldn't help me with what I needed help at like uh, Camille my wife would turn the laptop on of a night set it all up for me and I'd sit there and try and type things out and I'd, I put together a course which I called uh, build your knowledge before you build your dream and uh, I thought the answer to all my problems was to educate the public educate clients that want to build or renovate what they need to know and what they need to deal with when they're building and it turned out to be a great marketing strategy. Like we got everyone, everyone we put on, we uh, we'd get a couple of jobs out of it. But while I was doing that, I was like, I just had this light bulb moment where I'm like, fuck, hang on a minute, like this is me. Like I, I'm the problem here. <laughs> and and uh, I just and then I was that was when I started realizing about the contract and things. And I'm so I did a complete backflip. I teamed up with a coach that I was working at at the time. Um, I put together another full-day workshop. So I had the content. He had the, the, uh, the, um, the audience. And I put together a, a full seven-day, uh, seven-hour workshop called Rules of the Game. And I called it Rules of the Game because I realised that building a house is no different to a game of footy. Like there's, there's two teams, the builder and the homeowner. And if you have a game of footy and you send one team onto the field that's got no idea on building or, or idea of footy, how's it going to end? Like it's just going to be a disaster. So um, anyway, we teamed up. We put these uh, seminars on. They went extremely well. Um, we did four or five of them. Uh, anyway, the very first one of those was at the Build Design Centre at South Brisbane. Um, so this is going back probably four, just under five years, I'd say. Anyway, there was 42 builders there and, um, mate, throughout the day, I, d- I just thought it was going shit. Like, I was uh, panicking, I was getting anxious. I thought, what, these guys are all looking at me like I'm an idiot. And um, Those it, blank stares. Yeah, and, mate, I was getting really anxious and starting, <laughs> like, nervous. I was getting the, the nervous sweats going and I kept asking um, this coach guy and my wife, like, what, what's going on here? And they're like, no, no, it's, it's right, they're all taking notes, like, oh, it's going well. Anyway, at the end of the day, only a few people left. Everyone hung around and uh, what we realised is everyone was keen as mustard. They were just too embarrassed to put their hand up and ask questions. And anyway, one guy in particular, uh, an older guy in his mid-50s, uh, come up to me and like gave me a big hug, had a bit of a tear and, and said, mate, if I'd come to this 30 years ago, I'd probably still have my wife and family and uh, probably would have made some money. And like... I, I met more, like Camille and I went home and just like man like that it was worth doing that just for that and um, anyway I remember it clear as day uh, the following week um, my phone um, it was, I think it was Tuesday Wednesday afternoon my phone um, late afternoon I kept, kept getting this private number ringing anyway part of what I was teaching these builders to do was ignore your phone like you got to shut off. You got to you got to have business hours. Anyway, this private number kept ringing, ringing. Uh, eight eight thirty. Um, Camille's like, you better answer that. Like something's fucking wrong. Like, you don't keep getting calls from a private number for no reason. Anyway, I answered the phone and there's this bloke on the other end just sobbing uncontrollably. And I'm like, fuck, what what's going on? Like, what who is this? What what's wrong? What what's like? I, I was starting to panic. And um. Anyway, I calmed him down and he's like, Dwayne, I, I just needed to tell you, you saved my life. Like, if I hadn't have come to your seminar last week, I was going to neck myself. And anyway, we, we spoke a few times after that, but it wasn't so much the, well, it, it was a lot to do with the content that I delivered, but it was more 
This guy thought he was on his own. He thought he was the only builder dealing with bad clients, dealing with not getting paid, and he could not believe that there was 42 other builders in a room all having the same problems. And and, that's so the, and they were just that's the 42 that turned up. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It's, yeah, I mean. That's incredible, mate. Good on you. Like, that's a that's a powerful story. And that, like, that just makes all the difference, doesn't it? Like. Yeah. So, mate, that, and that's, so that's how QuoteSpec started. So, from that seminar, um, Back then, we just had lots. We developed our own uh, a lot of spreadsheets and things, and we started getting smashed with emails. Builders wanting our spreadsheets that we'd shown them, and that's how QuoteSpec started. So QuoteSpec was created to. Um, it's a platform that allows builders a uh, a quality platform to produce proper proposals to their clients. So one of the biggest things we realised through all the hard times we went through. Um, one was obviously the contract and understanding the contract. <clears throat> Two was obviously your costs. You've got to understand your running costs and things. But the biggest one was if you treat your quote as a proposal um, and take it more seriously, put more time into it, it will solve all of your problems. So you should be tw- treating your quote as a spec, as a scope of works. Your, your quote should have enough information in it that when you get the job, you can look back to that quote and know exactly what it is you're doing, what you're ordering. The client should be able to look at that quote and know exactly exactly what they're getting. Um, and your subbies, your supervisor should be able to look at that quote and know what they're doing. Like, It should be a scope of works for every trade. So we're talking down to the, the number of lengths of timber and the number of nails and the number of you know FC sheets and stuff that are rocking up the job? Yeah, like so, well, so quotes spec... Um, we got some big add-ons coming out in the next six months and one of them is splitting it. So there will be, there'll be a client view and a supervisor view. So the supervisor view or the, the admin view will see all your takeoffs. Um, so a big part of what we've been able to do with um, QuoteSpec and our business having such quality proposals is we get paid for our time now. So we do not tender a job. Uh, we never, we do not quote a job uh, unless we're getting paid. So we call ourselves a consultant. So we get paid a fee now to be a consultant through the quoting or through the design stage to work in alongside engineers, designers, architects, and it's made a massive change to our business. Well, mate, you've come a bloody long way from, you know, from that 2013 year and what where you were at, the crossroads, you chose to, yeah, stick with it, with your young family and, and smash it out and, and to then innovate. And try and help other people. I mean, it's a bloody credit to you. It's yeah, awesome thanks, the way it's come about. Like, it's not... I mean, there's plenty of, uh, I guess, you know, I don't know, platforms, digital platforms and stuff out there that are designed by a bunch of, uh, I'm going to say nerds, who don't <laughs> understand the industry. Yeah, Sorry to have insulted yeah. a lot of people today <laughs> on this podcast. Hey, it's, I'm a nerd. Bakers, nerds. <laughs> yeah, It's I'm all happening. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess the fact that it's from a bloke who has... Been there and done that, and, you know, understands the industry. So I guess it's credit to you, mate. It's a you know, it's Jeez, a really mate. cool thing. And I just I don't want to see anyone go through what I went through. And if uh, and that's what we're doing, live life build now with Amelia as well. Like um, we've learned, we've developed processes, systems, all this type of stuff. And uh, if we can get guys on board, and um, like even with quotes back, like my wife Camille does all the training. Like we're we're there to help guys if they need support. We're there, but um, I don't want anyone. I, I want everyone to enjoy what they do. Like I love building, and to and to think that I got to a point where I I hated it. Like I I wanted out. It really broke me. So um, I don't want anyone else to go through that. Like it should be. You should go to work every day and and love it, enjoy it, and you and you should make money. Like yeah, prof, profit's not a bad word. Like you should make money. Adios. And I guess that, I mean, we've introduced every, you know, podcast with, you know, the fact that this is made possible by quote spec. But, uh, you know, when we say that, it really is because without, you know, you coming on board and giving us giving us a, a, a hand, then we wouldn't be able to do what we do. But it's all in the name of trying to impart some positive messages and try to help other people out there. And I guess there's a lot of synergy, you know, that lies in that between us and what you're trying to do as well. You know, coming, we come from the residential building industry and as do you and your your whole goal is to change the face of the industry 
hopefully not talk about how shit it continues to be <laughs> and talk about how it's improving. How good it's yeah. going to get. Mate, it, it can be. It can be fantastic. Like it, it is a great job opportunity. Like whether you're a trader, a builder, whatever. Like it is a great career path. There's so many benefits that, like I said, it can be very rewarding, very profitable. Um, I guess yeah. it's just about maintaining that mindset or finding that mindset and getting into it that it's not just a job to go and swing a hammer and knock off every day. It's, you know, there's actually growth that you can achieve out of out of the industry. So yeah. changing mindsets and, um, yeah, really getting people to understand their numbers too. Yeah, mate. Look And look, as I love what you guys are doing. Like I, as you know, like I'm trying to get every trade in building in Australia <laughs> wearing a trademark <laughs> shirt on a Thursday. But... Uh, <laughs> I think it's fantastic. There should be more of it. Like I know when I got you guys out to my site that day, and uh, we got shirts for everyone. Like this, it, it was actually unbelievable. Just by getting you guys there, you guys telling your story, and like my wife and I just said a few words. But like the change in our team by getting the shirts out there and just encouraging them to talk to each other and have a chat and have a joke and crank the radio and that it's uh, awesome it's good mate that's unreal and thanks again for coming in mate it was a great chat just quickly you if anyone wants to get around quote spec we've got a lot of tradies out there so what sort of people can use it mate anyone can use it we're actually uh we're actually on the hunt at the moment for um for tradies our focus has purely been builders but there's actually huge benefits for tradies so we're actually on the hunt for we want one of every single trade uh if they contact us uh, we'll set them up and do a really good deal for them and get them using it and, and we'll do it, all the setup, all the help and um, yeah, get it out there. Awesome. And if anyone wants to get around us, reach out to us, um, you know, trademark or come Quotespec.com. Be prepared to get your life back. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Dwayne. Good on you. If you're a fan of Trademark's 120 Grit podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at admin at trademark.com.